And when, uh, when John wrote, he also wrote John and he wrote 1 John. And in this, in this study, as we go through God's word, we're understanding through the next two verses, which are uh, through 10 of verse 1, we're learning that he brings us this, this understanding of light and darkness. And uh, um, we live in a dark world. And we are that light. The light is within us. And remember, we're talking about this being a year in the word. You know, when I first started this, and also when I spoke full time, and when I worked with teenagers, one of the things I always did, not be, I think it's because I learned it, but also because I really understood that I don't, this book doesn't save me, the information in it saves me. This book will burn one day, but the words will be forever. It's what's powerful in there. But uh, I used to make everybody stand in honor of God's word. And I, it's like I, I was convicted about a week and a half ago and said, how, how come you don't stand and let people understand that the importance of this word? And I, I, I really just said, hey, Lord, you know, when we first started, we didn't have a TV. So, uh, you know, we didn't put all the words up there and we were all read from our Bibles. And then we started putting it on the screen and um, we just quit standing. I don't know for those who've been with us a long time, we just quit doing that. And so I, I just want to bring that back, that we understand we're, we're, we're just honoring God that he gave us this. And so I'm going to ask you to stand as we read God's word together in, in honor of his wonderful word. We're going to read First uh, John, verse 1. You can read along your Bible. You can read along on your iPad or your phone or whatever you have there. I'm reading out the New American Standard Version. And whatever you're reading on, you'll be able to kind of slide along with us. You'll, you'll see what's going on. I want to read verses uh, 1 uh, through 10. We've already looked at 1 through 3, and I'll remind you. Uh, it says, what was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, concerning Jesus and the we or the disciples that were with him and walked with him. Remember that. So he wanted to make sure that they knew, hey, we heard him with our eyes. We touched him. We watched him. We've seen him. He said, and the life was manifested and we uh, have seen and testified and proclaimed to you that eternal life the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. The manifestation is that Christ became flesh. God became flesh and dwelt among us. It says, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also. Why? So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Verse 5, we're going to focus on today. It says, this is the message we have heard. You see, he said it again. This is the message we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. So when we look at God and say, you did this. And whether it's cancer or whether it's something that bad happens to your life or a job like you, know, you could have saved this. That's not possible. We live in a broken world. God doesn't kill people. God doesn't uh, uh, put somebody uh, to in sorts of pain. God doesn't do that. What happens is it, it's just this world. We have, we have, there was no flu when they were in the garden. It was pure. There was nothing. And we messed it up, right? We have to remember that. So it says this, it says, in light and in him there is no darkness off. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet, now listen to this, we walk in darkness, huh, we lie 
and we do not practice the truth. Now, remember the truth is the Greek word. Anybody remember? Aletheia. That word, he said, this is, it means everything solid, everything valid, everything sure. He said this is, uh, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of, his, of, of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now watch this. If we say that we have no sin, well, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous. Another word for righteous, he's just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, well, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Have a seat, please. That'd be great. So we're looking at this, uh, this understanding of light and darkness. And having light, just so you'll understand, uh, having light living inside you does not mean that darkness is not on the outer edges waiting for you to wander or fall into it. Everybody understand that? Just because we have the light of Christ in us, it doesn't mean that this is just going to go away. There are opportunities for us to walk on the outer edge of darkness or to, to stumble into it, right? Some of us have walked straight into darkness. We knew we were going to the outer edge. You ever done that? I have. Yeah. I knew... I knew that I shouldn't have done something or I should have been better at it or had a better attitude, attitude that was the light, reflecting light, but I decided to walk to the edge and just get a little bit of darkness in me and get a little bit of darkness around me so that I could say what I thought. And there have been times that I have been talking to somebody and they have talked with me. If this has never happened to you, good for you. But I have, in a not a physical way, but I have taken their hands spiritually and I'm so upset with them that I've grabbed their hand and I've walked them to the outer edge of the darkness. And then I tell them what I think. And I realize it's wrong. And I grab them and go, let me go back here, light. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. But then they are so mad that they walk toward that darkness again. And they trip over what I said. Does that make sense? We have to be very clear. John is trying to teach the church. He's sitting there saying, listen. There are people living in darkness that choose to live in darkness, and there are people that have not walked in light. And remember what we learned? If, if you remember, we, they were dealing with the Gnostics uh, that were coming in, and they were Christians, and they were saying, hey, listen, uh, there's no way Gnostics, remember, all, every, everything, uh, everything physical is really death, and everything spiritual is life, you know? So the physical could not, there's no way that Jesus could become a physical man because, watch this, or be in a physical man because it's evil. But what he was saying was that's not the way it works. That he spiritually did come into the form of man and he did die for us. And they were going, that's not possible. God, spiritual goodness cannot dwell in a man. And he was going, man, you take that away from Christianity. Wow. We've really messed it up. And so that's what he's writing about. And so, uh, so I want you to know that. And then this also, this is a great theologian uh, from years ago. It says, to live in the darkness means to live without the benefit of divine illumination and guidance. And so to live in sin. There are those of us that we live in the darkness. And what that means is we have no illumination. We have no light around us. Now, when you hear the word light, and I'm going to talk about this at the end. When you hear the word light, if there was a way to describe God's glory, I believe that the word would be light. Remember, Moses couldn't see God, but he knew that he passed be, beside him. 
He's light. His essence is, is light. It's always attached to God's glory. Uh, and God's glory is so bright that one day the moon and the, and the, uh, the sun will pretty much be taken away. I'll show you that in Scripture. So we need to learn to walk in light. He says, walk in light. But don't go on sinning, right? It's not, it's not good for us. So in John 1, 1 through 10 is what we read. We're really focusing on 1 through 5. And so what I do when I read the Scripture, and I really think you should do this too, is, uh, everybody with me, okay, is you should read it first. And before you read it, you say, Holy Spirit, please illuminate truth to me. Let me see some things that your Holy Spirit can only show me. And a lot of times we go to all these helps first, and that messes us up because some of the helps are simply opinions. So I read this, and I read it in its simplest form, and then I read it again. And I said, Holy Spirit, show me something. And all these things began to stand out. And then after I study it and read it and put my what I see in here, then I go and I look at other thoughts that are in there, right? And most of the time they really give light. They give some background to what he was talking about. Some people camp there, and it's, it's, that's the only place they know to camp. They know to camp in all these things and thoughts of people, but it's hard uh, sometimes just for you to see that it's very simple to understand at times. You ready? The only thing I do is I take the Greek words and the Hebrew words, and I try to find out what the meaning is behind us. So I want y'all to walk away with something for you. Remember, the whole thing is we, we open it, you know, uh, uh, we read it, we apply it. We open it, uh, we read it, and we apply it. So here's what I saw uh, very quickly for me that I think would be a good thing for all of us. And I'll bring it out to you in the scripture. It says this. First of all, we hear the message. Like right now, because I'm talking about Jesus, you hear the message, right? And you've got to hear that message. That's why we need to tell people about Christ. That's why when you're sitting across from your friend and they're frustrated with a divorce or they're frustrated with their husband or their wife or their job or whatever it is or they don't understand why the cancer came or they can't get over the depression or they're just sad because of something tragic that's happened in their life, you have to share the message. And here's the thing. When you begin to share a message or they see the message in you, um, then all of a sudden they hear it. So you hear it, and then you announce it. That's what he said. He said, he said this is a message we have heard. We heard it, and here's what we're going to do from him. And now, look, we're announcing. And we're announcing this to you. And here's what we're announcing to you. God is light. That's the announcement. You feel like you're in darkness? You know what? Uh, the, 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 you read in the Bible a lot. Uh, you'll probably read about fear. Everybody ever see the Bible in fear? Fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear, we get the, we actually, as a Greek word, we get the, the word phobia from it. We are all walking in these little phobias, are we? fear death, we fear job loss, we fear. And where fear is, man, light is all of a sudden, uh, a darkness just walks in. Or really, uh, you walk away from the light and darkness just shadows that fear. So what happens is, we don't really truly trust God, even though it's hard to with an anxiety issue or with a, something that you've been through. But we keep on walking toward the darkness. And we have these phobia in our life. Anxiety is a huge phobia. And it's, it's fear. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of a crowd. It's fear of what's going to happen to you. And he says, listen, I got a message for you, just like we got. And we're going to tell you what this message is. And the message is God is light. The second thing he says is... 
Now that we know God is light, look, he says in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice that. But then it says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. We walk in light. He says, but, look at verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship. So now we know we hear a message. John heard a message. He announced the message to this church. He said, here's a message. You need light in your life. Uh, and here's the light. And listen, here's what you need to do. Once you know the light, walk in the light. Don't walk in the darkness. Don't trip over uh, phobias in your life. Walk in the light. And then he said this, and when you're walking in the light, I want you to practice truth. Remember, truth. I want you to practice everything that's solid and valid and sure in your life. It is sure, valid, and solid in, in my family's life. I hope you will know this. It is sure, valid, and solid that the day that I take my last breath, I am with God. You go, why would you say such a thing? Because that's what happens uh, to all of us when we deal with death or when we deal with cancer or when we deal with divorce. I could list everything that you're doing, financial issues, kids that just go off and are making the bad decisions, fear, not enjoying your, your life, not enjoying your job, not enjoying your marriage. Well, during those times, you walk in light, and when you walk in light, you practice truth. And that means you do what God wants you to do. And I always bring up the fruits of the Spirit. And I always bring up the ingredients of love. Because that, listen, that is how we know we're walking in light. When we don't run away from kindness, and we don't run, uh, when we don't run away from kindness, we are walking in light. When we don't want to run away from patience, we are walking in light. God says, stay in the light. Walk in it and practice the truth that is within the light. And I know it's hard to, to do that. Listen, and then he wrote the thing. He says, if you do this, you're going to enjoy the fellowship. Look what it says. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, people were leaving the church, and they thought, well, I thought you were a part of us. But they left. Why? Because they believed what these other people believed, that there's no way God could come down and be in the flesh called Jesus. There's no way it can happen. And so they didn't agree with that, and they walked away. And then I began to notice uh, it even works upward. Are you all ready? We're going to do it backwards now. Because I looked at it and thought, look. You show me somebody that's in the fellowship of the body or in the fellowship of a small group or in fellowship of Christians who really know what they're talking about, that, they, that they're not just going to church just to make sure everything's okay with them. They actually go to church. They read the Bible. Even when they don't, they recognize they need to. You, you show me somebody that's enjoying the fellowship of other Christians. That's why, that's why I push y'all to uh, go to community groups. I mean, I, I don't get anything extra for the community. I'm not out in the secular world where if you do this, you get paid a little bit more. That's not the way it works. In fact, when you, when you get more people, it's just, it saddens me because I can't minister to everybody. And so now I've got the body to do it, which that's what God wants me to do. You with me? And so we get this thing. You show me somebody that's enjoying the fellowship, and I'll show you somebody that's practicing truth. How do you know that? Because when our community group's together, we're fellowshipping together, right? We pray together, right? And we're opening up the word. See, some of you can't, you stumble into darkness or you go into darkness because you're not a part of anything but this group. You disappear. The only good thing about this group is that you have a place that you sit. And when we get into our little prayer groups, you like to run to that one because those are the people that you kind of know, which is good. Part of the reason we do it. 
Listen, he says, so if you're enjoying fellowship, there's a good chance you're going to be practicing some truth. Listen, and if you're practicing truth, I'll tell you this, you're walking in light. And there's a good chance that if you're walking in light, listen, you understand that, man, this is good and that God is light. And if you understand that, that God is light, you're going to eventually announce that message to other people. And let me tell you something. You can announce it verbally, or you can announce it the way you trust in him. You can announce it that you, you deal with depression, but God sees you through. You can announce it with, I deal with anxiety. and God sees you. you can announce it and say, I'm mad at God for allowing this to happen, but still be in the light, and you can learn from that. And when you're announcing it, people look at you and say, well, I can't believe you held on to your, your faith like that. You go, well, you know what? What you're doing is others are hearing your message. See, if it goes one way, it goes another. And that's what he was saying. He also taught us these three things. And if you're note takers, those are the, those are the four. But here, here's the thing. He said, God is this. He said, you need to understand. Well, how do I know about God? Well, here's one thing. He said this. God is light. Okay? So God's light. That's, that's all there is to it. He is light. Now, everybody turn to John 1, uh, for, uh, John 1, uh, verses, uh, we're going to start look, looking at, but everybody turn to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Ready? I told you we'd be open the Bible. So we're looking at him as being this light. John 1, 4 through 5. First of all, I love that psalm, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. That's his word. That's why we need to be practicing truth. It allows us to see and it, it disperses the darkness. Ready? It says this. Uh, it says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this is John writing this. And he was in the beginning with God. And all things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into a being that has come into being. In him, watch this, was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Look at verse 14. That's Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten. That's why I say when you look at glory, you look at the light. That's, that's, that's what we're seeing. And people say, hey, Pat, where's God's glory? Look at, everybody look at me. We are God's glory. Christ is in us if we confess him. Therefore, we are walking lights. We glorify God. It's just a light that's in us. It's Christ. Uh, you know, when I was speaking at that uh, uh, retreat, I, uh, I wanted to uh, talk to this girl. Or no, no, I was talking about, let me get the thought straight. I was talking about the fact that we step away very quickly from things like uh, uh, Muslims' belief, what Muslims believe. We... we, we we step away from what a Buddhist believes. We step away from these different beliefs because we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. And I was telling the students, you can still be friends with somebody. You can still love somebody. You can still be kind to somebody. You can have them over your house. But the thing is, you must not let that go. And I said, if you have homosexual friends, you can still love them, but you need to be very careful and go and state your belief and accept them, but not accept their belief. All of a sudden, man, the whole room kind of changed with two or three people. And remember, these are teenagers. And I see this one girl, and her, you know, sometimes t 
teenager, make funny, but sometimes you're not very good at hiding what you're feeling. And man, I saw about four kids just just dealing with that. And I said, now listen, I'm, I don't want to upset you. I, I, I just want you to understand you either believe this or you're not. You step into the light or you don't step into the light. And uh, that night I went back to my room and I thought, man, I feel really overwhelmed, Lord, from I don't want to make people walk away from the faith. I don't want to make teenagers who are still trying to understand things walk away from this. And um, um, so then the next morning I went to breakfast and uh, about six to eight people came up and said, thank you for that message. My group really enjoyed it. Hey, thank you, thank you. So what happens, there's a couple hundred kids there, and they, they broke up into these little e-groups, and this conversation was good, and I was praying, Lord, just help me. I really believe I spoke your truth last night, and it solidified it. So I get up the next morning, and I speak, and I go to breakfast, I speak, and that little girl standing there, she won't make eye contact with me. She's just struggling. And, man, I was so proud of her. Well, 14-year-old girl gets up when I release everybody, and she walks up. She said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yes, ma'am. So we sat down, and she began to tell me what she thought I said, right? And she began to tell me, I think you're so wrong to tell us not to love and to accept and be friends with homosexuals. I have a good friend of mine, and he, he's a homosexual. And I said, how old is he? He's my age. It's okay. I said, uh, so, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, why do you believe? She said, why can you, how can you stand up there and be so mean? And I went, now I want to ask you, was I mean? No. I said, did, did I ever say not to talk to your friend? No, but that's what it seems like. And I said, boy, you really seem angry. And she said, oh, I'm so mad. I went to bed mad. And I don't want to be mad. I don't like this. I don't like feeling this way. And I go, you're mad because you don't even know what you believe. She said, well, I believe you know, you have two daughters. And I said, yeah, because I tell stories on them. And I said, uh, she said, what happened if one of them was, I mean, and they wanted to get married. What would you do? And I go, I wouldn't go to the wedding. I would not condone it. But they can come for Thanksgiving. And I wouldn't. And they would know that. And they would know that I love them unconditionally. And we would not have the conversation much because I wouldn't agree with it. But I would not stop loving my daughter. Are y'all with me? Those are tough things. But you don't condone it. I was trying to tell her, hey, you, you don't do that. And that's the light. And those are the things that we struggle with, that we condone these things. And then uh, I said, hey, you remember in the Bible? And I told her this story, uh, some story, and she goes, no. I said, well, okay, what about the time? And I told her a story, I mean, well-known stories. She goes, no. Nah. And then it dawned on me. I said, uh, do you go to church here? Oh, no, only on special events. So, and then I began to understand how she thought. And I said, well, who, who makes our laws precious? Well, the president. <laughs> 14 years old. And I said, okay, well, who tells the president how, what laws to make? Well, I guess he, he takes care of that himself. And I said, no, it's us. And I said, here's what I believe about you. I believe you still need to make a decision on what you believe. I said, I have a moral line. Your moral line is it says do not steal because the president told us not to. I said, my moral line is way by the president and any person in this world. It's based on what God wants us. I mean, she's just sitting there, and I said, listen. She goes, how? and she said, well, how will I know if I believe? How will I know when I've reached what I believe? And I said, when you can have a conversation 
and you can be okay walking away and you're not angry while you're having that conversation? I said, that's when you know you have found your morality. Because I'm not, I, I said, honey, I love you, but when I leave here, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to worry about your morality. I'll pray for you, but you can make that decision where you want to follow Christ 100% in believing and love your homosexual friend, but not accept their way of life. If you're all with me, say, oh, yeah. And see, what we do, we do the same thing. We are supposed to walk in light. Light disperses darkness. So everybody turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're reading 4 through 10. Now let's go to 3. Now watch this. Here's why people in the world don't understand what we believe. Here's why some people think, how can you be so sure that you're going to go to heaven? Because I I practice truth and I understand what God did for me. It's this. Look at at verse 3. And even if our gospel, the gospel is that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, rose again three days later and gave us life. Life on this earth and life after we die. The gospel is veiled. Even if somehow the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. He's talking about those who do not know Jesus. And I thought to myself while I was talking to this girl, knowing that I was going to preach this, is that, ready? She doesn't know Jesus. So not knowing Jesus, she, the gospel has been veiled from her. She cannot make a decision about homosexuality, about politics, about anything, unless, I believe, unless she's in the light of Jesus Christ and knows him personally. Then all her morality doesn't come from her mama and her daddy and the president. You see what I'm saying? It comes from God. That's why, remember, I tell you, don't fret over politics because I read in the word. I'm practicing truth, and the truth is it says that God put, puts, God places kings in their place. We can vote all we want, but God knows what he's doing. And so even if it's the years that I don't really personally agree with the president, I trust in the light that God said that through his word. But some of you are trusting in yourself. Walk in light as you are in the light. Look at this. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world, which is Satan, there is a Satan, there is a devil, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel, watch this, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You understand now why I say, you look at the glory, it talks about the light. He says, uh, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as our, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Look at this, verse 6. For, God's, for God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the, one, uh, uh, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have, here it is, ready, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the body. We have this light in this earthen vessel called Pat Camerata inside of your life. Look at this. Uh, earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be in God and not from ourselves. Look at this. We are afflicted. And name your affliction. Death of a loved one. Name your affliction. Cancer. Name your affliction. I have a terrible job. Name your affliction. Politics. Name your Whatever your affliction is. We have afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're not perplexed. But not despairing. Persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Struck down? Yeah, but we are not destroyed. We're always carrying around in our body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. 
So I want you to know, some of you are walking toward that darkness, and you just got to be careful that you don't walk to the outer edge or you don't trip over it because of what other people say, right? Ephesians 6, 12. I, I, y'all can go in that and put that in your finger because I want to move on. So it says God is light, uh, God is faithful, and God is just. Now, I want to show you this, and then I'll close. Isaiah 43, 7 says this. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. If God's made us for his glory, that means we can have the light inside of us so that we can shine, whether through verbal or nonverbal communication. And it was I who created them. The voice of Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory, watch this, he's talking about the earth. The God of glory, he thunders. The Lord is over many waters. It's saying that he's over this world. And that's what John's trying to say. He's over everything. I will not, look at this, Isaiah 40, 11 says, I will not yield my glory to another. So here's the thing. The light is in us. It reflects his glory. And what he says is, that's my glory. And I will not yield it to a belief system that's not attached to me. I'm not going to yield it over to sin. I'm not going to yield it over to what you think is right to do. I am not, God's saying, I'm not going to yield it over to you to have this thought that every path will lead people to God. Only one thing leads people to God is that we're the light, we glorify him, and we tell people that there is a God, but this God died for us in the flesh, was buried, rose again, and we can have eternal life only through that. He will not give his glory away. He will not give his light away. We give that away. We need to be very, very careful that we are light. Uh, because he is in us and the darkness around us. He listens to Isaiah 48. Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, whom I have called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. My own hand laid the foundations of the earth. Look, watch this. And my right hand spread out the heavens. And when I summon them, they all stand up together. And God's going, you need to understand, the God that lives in you, the light that is in you, that is my glory. And let me help you understand something, Isaiah, and all, all, all you, you believers who think you believe in me. I want to tell you something. I made the heavens. Nobody else made it. And when I tell the stars to do something, they do it. It's me that set everything in its place. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So God's doing all he can so that when you look at a mountain, people are going to think there has to be a higher power. Or, wow, look at the beauty. And God's going, that's my glory. And they don't even know it yet. And it says, day after day, they pour forth speech, night and after night. And it's not like the moon talks and says, hey, everybody, I'm shining. He's not talking about pouring speech. He's talking, he's talking that the, when the sun shines and the, and the moon shines and, the, and the, the, you can see the Milky Way on certain parts of where you stay in, the, in uh, this country. He's saying, it's giving me knowledge. It's revealing who I am. And they have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard about from them. But watch this. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth of the world. Don't lose me. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. He's sitting there going, in the heaven, there's a sun. God said, poop, there's a sun. And look what he said. He said, it's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. You know? It's like a champion rejoicing to run his course. That's what the sun, he said. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you walk outside and it's just sunny. He's going, I'm letting forth the sun. You with me? He's saying, that's my glory. Look. Psalm 19.6 says, it raises, it rises at one end in the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. 
So when you're going east, you know what I mean, and the sun's coming up, and you're going, oh, my gosh, try to be a little kind because the Father said, that's for you. You go, thanks for nothing, <laughs> right? I can't see. And God's going, yeah. That's God. And, he, and you, when you look at it, don't look at it as though, ugh. Look at it and go, wow, God, it's, it's warming everybody. You ever been in the shade and kind of being cool and all of a sudden the sun came out and you just go, oh, gosh, that made all the difference in the world. That's God in his glory. Look, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamp. Lamb is its lamp. Well, we changed verses. Revelation tells us that in heaven, God's glory, God's light is so incredibly great. Listen to this. That one day, God's going to look at the sun when there's a new heaven and a new earth, and he's going to go, hey, son, you have done a great job, but we don't need you anymore. So in the new heaven, new earth, there's not going to be a sun. There's not going to be a moon. There is only going to be the light of God, and it will be enough for us to see. Watch this. And if he's that powerful, then why can't we walk in that light? So you're very capable to walk in that light. And, uh, and John was writing this, and he said, listen, I, I, I'm light. I'm, I'm faithful. I'm just. I don't do these bad things on the earth. People do them to one another. I didn't cause this. And when people do them, they're, they're not connecting themselves to me. They're walking in darkness. They're tripping over their depression. They're tripping over whatever it is. And some of you guys trip over your anger and you trip over your sadness and you trip over your anxiety and your head just, bam, hits the ground and you are right on the edge of darkness. And there's something about darkness that makes you just want to close your eyes. Right? Just kind of lay there. And the longer you lay there, you're actually pulling yourself out of the light. You can't lay in your depression. You can't lay in your angst. You can't lay in, in your anger. You can't lay in, I'm just going to be myself no matter what people are. You can't, you can't lay in your personality and say, well, that's just the way I am. You can't lay there, right? Get up and say, I am the light. God's light is in me. You with me? So this week, walk in the light. <coughs> Practice truth, right? Get in the fellowship. You have a better chance of being the light of the world. And John wants us to practice that. But more than that, Jesus wants us to practice that. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes for a minute. All I'm going to do is that just takes away your, uh, your uh, senses. And I'll simply want, you, want you to walk out and say to yourself and say, or ask a question and say, God, where am I walking in darkness? What am I tripping over? It causes me not to be the light of the world that lives in me. What's causing me to be angry? What's causing me to be sad? And help me. Grab my hand. Grab my hand, Father, and pull me back to the light. And let me love the light. Let me practice the light. Let me practice the truth. Reveal to me this week. So, Father, this is your time. We thank you so much for loving us and providing for us. Thank you so much that your light is so powerful and it's in us. And, Father, it can disperse fear. It can disperse phobias. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great, great week. And God bless you. Remember, read your word this week.